Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Welcome, friends, to another Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman owner of Creek Road Pottery here in the beautiful Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. And it was a busy week this week, friends. I uh, This podcast is coming out a bit late because I was so busy. This past Sunday, uh, I attended that show that I was talking about in the previous episode, and it was a music festival. And it ran from 11 o'clock till about 8 at night. So it was a long day. I I got up early, I packed up the pots, and I took them probably about an hour from my place to Knoxon, Pennsylvania. And there were at least four or five different bands playing there. And probably about four to five hundred people came through. So it was a really nice day out. I got to meet a lot of other vendors and had a real nice time. I really wasn't out there to sell pots. That might sound kind of silly, but it was an area show, and I kind of wanted to see how things would go and learn about people who attend music festivals because I don't attend a lot of shows because I, I run a few shows here out of my shed and I sell online. But I really don't travel far, so I kind of wanted to maybe get the word out about the pottery and be out there and show up. And that part of it was a little bit more important currently than actually making money from the pots. I was able to sell a few items, so I was really happy about that. Got to meet some new friends and listen to some uh, really good bands, so I just had a blast. So this coming week, I am on vacation and I'm gonna be putting in the garden. So it's that time of year, the farmers around here are putting in their corn and disking their fields and dragging their fields. So they're doing a lot of prep work. So I'm happy that spring is here. My azaleas are budding now and the two big bushes out there are blooming and they need to be trimmed back after this because they're taking up the whole front of the house. But, but they look gorgeous. So uh, I'm, I'm just enjoying spring. We got a little bit of rain, but it was a beautiful day out at the show. 96 degrees, I think. So it was hot. I was really glad I was under the tent, but that did not deter the locals from having a good time. So it was a blast. All right, so this episode, we're going to talk about how I analyze shows. And we're going to go down to the studio. If you bring your pin tool, you can come along and we'll discuss some ways on how you can think about shows in ways that um, you might benefit from analyzing your show. Because if, if you don't track what happens at a show or think about it, uh, you won't pay attention to it. And making the work is only 20%. Getting rid of it and selling it, if you wish to, is the other 80. And a lot of times, 
with social media, uh, we might not want to put ourselves out there or with selling and marketing, we may be a lot better at creating than we are at marketing. Uh, I know in <clears throat> art school, we learned how to create, but not really market. But with social media, it changed everything. With the internet, it changed everything. So um, you can put yourself out there a lot less expensive than it used to be with social media and many different things that are absolutely free. So we'll talk about some of that. So grab your pin tool and meet me at the studio. Greetings, friends. Welcome to the studio. Pull up a chair around the wheel. Let's talk about how uh, I analyze shows. So when I, when I see a show I think I might like to attend, I usually think about um, the opportunity cost. Because if something sounds like a good idea, it might not be a good idea once you add it all up. And a lot of times I will like to attend a show even before I bring the pots over there. So I add up things like booth fees, jury fees, uh, the time it will take to drive there, um, overnight stay fees if you need them, food costs, costs for drinks. Um, also, I add in the time maybe it would take to uh, be out of the studio and not producing at all. So be sure that you're paying yourself for doing those types of things and include that in with weighing your opportunity cost and also any ad money. So at Facebook, um, a lot of times you can gear ads to show in those areas that you might be thinking about showing in. So weighing the opportunity cost is very important to even if to make a decision on even if you're going to do a show or not. So the next thing I do um, for my show analysis um, is I talk about the show all the time. Social media, I tag the event, tell my friends and followers uh, where I'm going to be. I do live feeds, show myself creating the pots for the show if I can online, maybe have a kiln opening, and um, I shoot um, videos of the work that's coming out of the kilns and talk about where I'm going to be, and I load some of those pieces to the website because not everybody can make the show. So that gives people who were not able to make the show and who still like your work an opportunity to buy pieces that you have at the show. Just remember to pull those pieces if they sell from your website so you don't sell them twice. <laughs> I almost had that happen. So while you're at the show, what are you doing at the show? So you get all set up and you're, what I try to do is I try to be neighborly and I dislike direct sales. I don't know what it is. I just cannot be like a car salesman and really push it. So I really don't set any goals. I mean, if I make my booth feedback, I'm kind of happy. Like that's the minimum. We all would like to make a bazillion dollars, right? But the reality of it is um, it all depends on a wide range of different things. I, I set goals mainly on uh, interactions 
and, and strong interactions and how many of those I had and also ways that I related to people in order for them to trust me to be able to buy my work. So it's said that you may need to show up seven times and people hear about you seven times before they trust you to buy your work. Uh, there are people who come through, they may be collectors, one-time buyers, but for the hardcore customers and followers that you're trying to build, you're not selling to everybody while you're out there. Uh, just the pots that matter to the people who care. And so you're trying to collect the people who care. So, so that's what I try to think about is how do I create strong interactions with people who are looking at the work and, and thinking about buying the work and then people who buy the work, how do I turn them into repeat buyers? So do they trust me enough? Am I friendly enough? Uh, can I identify with them enough to get them to be repeat buyers? So another thing that I think about is the um, talking to the other vendors for sure. And I've done some really great collaborations with people I've met at shows. And um, I've built some really good friendships with people that I've met at shows. And that can lead to uh, splitting table fees at other shows. So, uh, for example, um, I have a friend who, who does kind of bit different work, kind of bit of different um, style than me. And it's not pottery, it's, it's print work and things like that. And we've split tables now at a few different shows and we split the cost and, and it makes it nice. You, you got a friend to hang out with for the day and you paid half price to get in on the table if the show allows that kind of, th that kind of thing. So also when I'm at the show, not only am I people watching and, and trying to build strong interactions, I'm also thinking about the customer profile of people that are there. Like who are they? Uh, what are they buying and and why are they buying it and and where are they buying it from like are there other vendors that like are they going past your booth to to look at other things first before they double back what are the types of things are they talking about so so you're trying to get to know the customer at this show and create a customer avatar or a customer profile on who they might be so if you come back to these types of shows you can better gear your products for that particular person at that particular event. And a lot of every place is different, but if you kind of get a general idea of what those types of people are looking for and their lifestyles, um, you can pretty much uh, create a product, hopefully, that they can um, enjoy and that they'll go crazy over, right? So another thing that I try and think about is after the show sales. So you've been at the show all day. You had these meaningful interactions. You've maybe taken business cards from customers. Um, for example, one, one, uh, this last show, I met a teacher who does classes online, and she thought it might be a good idea if she were to come down and 
do a video with me for her students. I love stuff like that, friends. So that was a really strong interaction that I hope to follow up on. So if you're taking cards, just, just don't shove them in your wallet or someplace and forget about them. Uh, get them out, find out if you can remember and go through uh, what those interactions were and how you can follow up on those things to uh, create really good opportunities um, for work after the shows. So also after the show, file up Follow up with people who, if you can, follow up with people who made inquiries. So maybe you got an email or you, you had your notepad out and you were taking emails to collect for your newsletters and things like that. So be sure to get back to those people because they trusted you enough to sign up to give you permission to uh, send them a newsletter. So be sure to follow up with that. Because a lot of times, those people can be turned into repeat customers. So for me, I'm trying to build a community of repeat customers. And um, a lot of times, it's, it's hard work. And it's a lot of community work. And it's a lot of work that you need to be sincere about. And it can't be all about sales. You need to get to know these people, be their friends, and... It's a give and take. Um, it cannot be one-sided. These people don't owe you anything. And, and a lot of times I see artists, uh, they may feel entitled and they may feel arrogant and they may feel like their community owes them this or that. Nobody owes you anything, friends. And I think that at times it can be a hard reality to grasp because maybe we're definitely proud of what we do and we think people should appreciate what we do and we think that people sh um, should be able to want to pay us uh, for what we do and but that's not always the case you're, you're going to be disappointed sometimes and and that's okay because they don't owe you anything and and that's different that makes a big difference um, people who care and just sell it to everybody so I think that like what, what I'm trying to get across is that we're doing all this work to build a community of people who care about what we do rather than just selling to any, any person. Um, Walmart sells to just any person. But when you're creating handmade, sometimes I find that I'm the only authentic handmade person there. And uh, a lot of the buy and sells at some of these markets are much different. And you might get only a few people a day um, coming through and uh, looking at your items at these places because they, they may be more interested in the buy and sell. They may pick that funny t-shirt, but the people that come find you are the people that care, and they'll come back. They will be repeat customers. And if they like what you do, um, they won't have any problem paying your prices and, and enjoying the work and seeing it made as long as you're giving them back the value that they feel they're paying for. So I, I think that's what is missed a lot of times is that we're under the impression that we're selling pots to everybody or we're selling work to everybody. 
but really we're not. We're only selling work to the people who care. So that's just some of my insights on it. And I had a really good time at the show. Um, the profile of the person, of the people there, they were saving their money because they wanted to buy beer and listen to fun music. So many of the people blew right by. Um, they had us set up at the gate and many people blew right by, went inside and had a beer, talked to their friends, had a good time and listened to bands. And then on intermissions or between bands, they would come out and mill about and check out the, uh, check out the vendors. But I think that, um, some of the people, their spouses or their partners came out and looked around while the people who were more interested in music were at the arena where the band was playing. So there was like this little section where the bands played and then we were kind of outside in the entryway. And, uh, it kind of it kind of worked out good. It was a nice sunny day, but but these people wanted to drink beer and listen to music, uh, the majority of them. So so I was able to meet some of my customers there who who stopped. Uh, I did make a few sales, and I did make, have a few uh, strong interactions that I'm going to follow up on. And I was really happy to be out there. I had a good time. I like I said earlier, I, I met some friends, and with the other people who were there at the booths. And so it kind of paid off for me to be out there and to um, have the pots out there and just be part of the community. And, and one of the things that I forgot to mention earlier, be, be sure to have strong interactions with event coordinators. So when Ruthie gets in contact with you for her little music festival, and you get up there and she only is in her first year and she has maybe only two bands with four vendors and maybe 30 people. Hardly, this this show is a flop, friends. Like, you're going to be like, oh man, why did I drag all the pots out here for this? But hang in there and think long term because some Ruthies that I've been to and I hung with, their shows are now blowing up. Where before they only had 30 people, the next year they had 600. And as things catch on, it could be a couple thousand eventually. So think long term at some of these places. And if it's local, by all means, if it's right down the road, show up. Um, the more you can show up for people in your town, the more that they will know about you and about your work. Now, some people are kind of put off by showing their work themselves and, and being in public. But it's something I, I think that you can practice. And if you can get used to it, uh, it's a really good way to get out in the community and meet new people if you like that kind of thing. But if you're the kind of person who likes to stay inside and, and don't like to be around people at all, this kind of thing would not be for you. And you would uh, use all kinds of techniques to sell online and maybe do selling platforms that you wouldn't need to go see people and talk to people. But uh, this is what's this is just what works for me, and this was a few tips on how all that would happen. 
And hopefully you got something out of this. Uh, let me know what you think. And um, I appreciate everybody listening. You can get a, get in touch with me. Shoot me an email at creekroadpottery at gmail.com. I almost forgot my own email. Creekroadpottery at gmail.com. Say, hey, Al, I really enjoy the podcast and um, I enjoy your thoughts. Or if you want to disagree with me, uh, shoot me an email and tell me everything that you disagreed with on here because I'm, I'm, I'm all open to it. All right, friends, thanks for tuning in to the Pin Tool Podcast. Be well, take care of yourselves and each other, and have a great day.